Welcome to the latest episode of our Business in Focus podcast. I'm Marina Morris, a director at PwC, and I'm your host for today's episode. Today, we're going to be examining the steps businesses can take now to recover from the COVID-19 pandemic while continuing to navigate uncertainty and plan for challenges that are yet to come. In recent months, the importance of cash and working capital has been brought sharply into focus. 2020 has upended even the most well-prepared business plans. And while the upheaval has revealed longer term opportunities for business, what is certain is that they need to first weather the difficult months ahead. Today, I'm joined in our virtual studio by Rob Lewis and Joe Walton. Rob is PwC's mid-market restructuring leader, and Joe is a partner in our operational restructuring business. Hi, both. Hi, Marina. Hi. So thanks for joining me, both of you. So, Joe, these are challenging times for businesses. Can you tell me a bit more about the challenges that we're facing right now? Sure. Um, so the word unprecedented has been used lots, but it really does feel true here. So the current economic environment is notably different to the previous financial crises that we've been through. Uh, for example, compared to the 2008 financial crisis, there's much more liquidity um, across the economy. However, having said that, many individual businesses and sectors have experienced a shock, such as overnight total revenue loss when we went into the first lockdown, which is beyond any previous downside scenarios that businesses had planned for. And on top of that, there's a huge amount of uncertainty about when things will reopen and what the new normal will look like, not just from COVID, but we've also got Brexit, um, increasing digitalization trends, the net zero agenda, etc. You know, you add all that together and it's a pretty challenging landscape for any management team to be navigating. It's not all doom and gloom though. So building on that liquidity point, we recently conducted a survey of 19,500 companies globally and there was a really clear trend of increased and improved working capital, an average of 0.6 days, which is equivalent to 81 billion euros. So that was really helpful going into COVID that companies did have uh, more liquidity. So that helped survive the initial shock. And there's also been access to further support such as government interventions of the job retention scheme, um, a temporary relaxation we're seeing in covenants uh, from a lot of lenders, a pause on landlord evictions across the UK, et cetera. So all those things have helped people get through 2020 as it were, but companies have been building up debt and ultimately that must be repaid. So we're having a lot of conversations with businesses at the minute around how they fund repaying that and actually what changes they need to make to their business models, both in the immediate term, but also thinking longer term uh, to come out of this crisis in a sustainable way. So successful businesses are taking the challenges that we're facing uh, and using those to drive competitive advantage to develop a clear way forwards and to be really proactive to capitalize on the opportunities that are out there. That's great. And I think picking out the positive part of that, it's great to see how that liquidity in the system that you talk about is really helping create deal opportunities for our clients. So, Rob, Joe mentioned the importance of being proactive and thinking ahead. But what does that actually look like in practice? So I think what I'd say in answer to that, Rowena, is uh, in terms of proactivity, once a business enters crisis mode, leaders do tend to act energetically and proactively by instinct. Um, they seem to manage and mitigate threats such as credit downgrades, covenant breaches, and the risk of exceeding credit facilities. Um, and, and certainly during the, uh, the, the period that we've just come through, uh, the, uh, the, the pandemic period since March 2020, we have seen lots of evidence of that. 
Um, but I think one of one of the learning points from this period, as well as uh, previous periods, is um, generally people get to that too late, um, and it should. Uh, it, it, our advice that we would normally give to uh, to management teams is: it's better if if leaders were able to recognise the the warning signs earlier of a looming crisis uh, and enter this crisis mode mindset in order to act before uh, the situation gets out of hand. Um, so, in our experience, this generally requires three key attributes. Uh, a sophisticated understanding of the potential dangers ahead, uh, the ability to recognise how risks are connected, um, and of course, an adept approach to, to handling complexity because in, uh, businesses are increasingly complex these days. Um, the single biggest mistake that we see business leaders making uh, under pressure is fixating on problems in one particular area at the expense of others, and therefore, um, as uh, as we work with, with corporates who are uh, going through these challenges, we do encourage them to uh, to look holistically at the uh, the challenges that they're facing. Um, of course, issues in one particular area may seem to be the most pressing, um, but it may turn out to be less immediately obvious challenges that, uh, that are the biggest threat to survival uh, in the longer term. Okay, that's really useful to think of it in those terms, especially those three key attributes too. Thanks, Rob. So Rob, how can businesses spot those early warning signs that you talked about? I think um, there's, there's probably a couple of specific areas to talk about here. Um, first of all, some of the obvious financial indicators that will be uh, evident from just looking at the, uh, the, the financial results of, of a company, profit erosion, uh, liquidity pressure, uh, potentially the loss of, of key customers or suppliers. Um, if you, if you look at the uh, the position as, as regards the, the lending relationships that a corporate might have, um, clearly some loans uh, or other financial facilities may well be conditional on leverage ratios or other covenants that, that have been agreed with the lenders, uh, and they may well be coming under pressure uh, as, as the performance of the business starts deteriorating. Albeit, I have to say that uh, our experience over the course of the last six months or so since the uh, the pandemic hit is that lenders have generally been pretty accommodating in terms of uh, in, in terms of, of uh, the position that they're taking as regards covenant breaches or, or potential covenant breaches. Um, secondly, I think it's worth talking about uh, pensions and, and other long tail liabilities. That's been a feature of, of a number of businesses that we have worked with over the course of, of the last 12 months or so, uh, where some of those long tail liabilities have become affordable particularly as, uh, as cash flows have become, uh, become squeezed as a result of, uh, of trading, uh, trading issues. Um, one of the things that we fairly consistently see um, is an inability to forecast cash flows precisely. And of course, that's particularly dangerous um, if the business is, is thrown off course by unusual situations such as the, uh, the COVID crisis that, that we've currently dealt with. Um, and so um, all of that really comes back to liquidity and the, and the cash position of the business. Um, clearly, operations need to be funded, uh, bills have to be made, um, and eventually um, any additional debt that the corporates will have, uh, will have taken on board over the course of the last six months will, will need to be repaid. And so getting an accurate fix on the cash position, both the, the current cash position and forecast cash position is really, really important. Um, the accuracy of, uh, of short-term cash flow forecast, medium-term cash flow forecast comes into real sharp focus, I think, as we, uh, as we move through this period. And of course, you know, if, if a management team is contemplating a restructuring or indeed potentially selling part of a business, that can take um, quite a period of time to deal with. 
Um, and so uh, having a, a clear view as to what the cash runway looks like during that period is, is vital, which places even more focus on, uh, on the function within the business that is responsible for cash flow forecasting. And Joe, so from an operational perspective, can you just outline the key warning signs there? Sure. And the early warning signs from an operational perspective, they are often closely linked with the financial and cash indicators that Rob has just discussed. And fundamentally, any significant change on how your business operates or how it's performing is likely to have an operational impact. And some of the more common challenges that we're seeing across multiple industries at the minute um, are challenges around staffing. So how to reintegrate furloughed staff back into the business uh, and how to adapt and evolve the roles that those uh, staff members are playing. Um, adapting operations to meet changing customer requirements and channel choices, so whether that is increased online fulfillment, uh, changes to supply chain requirements, changes to product um, preferences that we're seeing coming through consumer trends, uh, and lastly, the real estate footprint. So for many businesses, COVID has really shone a light on whether that footprint is, is still fit for purpose and will still be fit for purpose in, in any new normal that we emerge uh, from the pandemic into. So whether that be back office space um, or actually more sort of retail, uh, consumer leisure uh, footprint, uh, there's a lot of questions around retail, uh, um, sorry, around property portfolio and how that needs to shift. But some of the less obvious and often overlooked operational indicators include things like excess spend on administration of financial tax or regulatory issues um, and sort of a heavy back office cost burden. And these can quickly become a significant competitive disadvantage for your business at times when margins are under increasing pressure, etc. Uh, so tackling those is a really important um, challenge that a lot of businesses are facing. One other warning sign that we see is a lack of investment in systems and technology. You know, as Rob said, having visibility of how your, your business is performing from a cash perspective or a financial perspective is absolutely critical. And, and having the infrastructure in place to drive that is really important. You know, there's so much inherent uncertainty at the minute and the strong management teams are those that have access to real time insight and can therefore um, drive fact based decision making be on top of the indicators and therefore take action to prevent dropping into, into crisis. Uh, more broadly, another danger sign that I look out for is, is a lack of detailed operational understanding. So for example, does the business understand the complexity of its supply chain? Have they got con detailed contingency plans in place to manage whether it's further geographic restrictions on movements of goods or other interruptions or, or any number of the other scenarios that are now actually more realistic than uh, we would previously have considered? Um, it, but if you don't understand the nuts and bolts of how your business works, it's very difficult to react fast enough uh, when the external environment changes. So assuming a business has gone past that point of looking for warning signs and is actually in the middle of responding to danger, what advice would you give them? Firstly, every second counts. You know, the sooner you act, the more levers and the more control you have across your business. And as Rob said earlier, it may seem obvious where the points of stress are in your business, but really be aware of that hidden complexity and make sure you're not blinded to issues in unexpected parts of the business because you're not looking for them there. So taking a step back to review overall performance or getting a fresh perspective in is a really helpful way of validating that the steps and the actions you are taking will actually address the root cause rather than just uh, putting a sticking plaster over the, uh, the visible symptoms of distress. So problems rarely occur in isolation. 
um, and they shouldn't be tackled as such. So coming up with a holistic turnaround plan for the business or transformation is key. And lastly, my advice would be to consider the full range of stakeholders that you'll need to engage with. Uh, you know, there's some obvious ones such as the lender, etc., but there are a lot of internal um, stakeholders as well, and they should not be underestimated. So things like your staff, your customers, suppliers, not just how will they be impacted by the changes you're proposing, but actually how can they support you and how can early uh, interaction and communication with them further your case? Yeah, and, and from my perspective, I, I'd endorse pretty much everything that, that, that Joe has just said. I think um, uh, early action is is really uh, one, of, one of the key messages that I would encourage businesses to take away here um, because there is a there is a distinct correlation between um, when action is, is taken and the number of options that are available to uh, to businesses in, in restructuring situations. If you go early, um, then the number of, of options available to you are generally uh, that much greater. Whereas if you leave it until uh, until you are in the teeth of the crisis, then, uh, then clearly the number of options available to you is, is that much less. I think the second piece that I would um, that I would also just build on there is the importance of um, external stakeholder engagement. Um, Joe talked about uh, a number of the internal stakeholders that, that it's important to take on the journey with you. Um, but of course, there are a whole host of, of external stakeholders um, that, that a corporate and, and, and management teams need to be thinking about in, in that context. Um, the very obvious one to talk about and, and one of the, uh, the stakeholders that I work with um, quite, quite regularly um, in, in managing is the, uh, is, is the lender. Um, the, the bank uh, or uh, asset-based lender or any, any other lender that might be involved in the business. Um, generally, as I say, over the course of the last um, six months or so, lenders have been very supportive of businesses that have found themselves in distress. Um, and it is, it, is, it has always been the case that, that lenders um, don't like surprises. Uh, and therefore, uh, one of the encouragement that I would always give to a management team is to reach out to, to your lender uh, in, at times when, when you're approaching uh, a time of distress to, to bring them into the tent, as it were, and to be part of a solution um, rather than try and keep them away from the problem um, and, and, and bring them in at a, at a later date. Um, I think you can also apply that adage uh, across a whole series of other stakeholders as well, uh, in, in particular financial stakeholders. Um, there's been a reasonable amount of focus on the, uh, the approach taken by trade creditors and trade credit insurers over the course of, uh, of the last six months or so. Um, again, I think um, early engagement with, with those uh, parties that are uh, relevant to, uh, to, to the crisis and potentially will form part of the solution um, is absolutely vital um, and, uh, and, and really important if, uh, if, if management teams are to deliver successful restructurings. Thank you both very much. We're almost out of time today. But before we wrap up, any final thoughts for our listeners? Uh, sure, I'd say don't be afraid to ask for help. So managing in a crisis can be lonely. And the skill set required is significantly different to that required to running a growing business. And most importantly, be brave. The only the worst thing you can do is to do nothing. You need to be proactive and willing to act fast because, you know, as Rob and I have both said throughout this, that is what buys you time. And that can be time to take back control or it can be the time to successfully pivot to take advantage of future opportunities. But really act now. Yeah, and for me, I think um, I think there'd be three three um, closing points really. Uh, first of all, building on on Joe's point there about going early, I, I think um, as I said earlier on, the uh, there is a definite correlation between the timing at which uh, a restructuring is uh, is commenced and the number of options available. So go early. 
Um, I think, secondly, um, if you are contemplating a restructuring, um, one of the lessons I think that, that most management teams that have done this in the past would say that uh, few, few that have gone deep uh, in the restructuring activity have, have regretted it. I think there are more management teams that, that have regretted with the benefit of hindsight not going deep enough when, when they go and, and therefore um, therefore, I think that is, that, that is definitely worth bearing in mind that if you are going to do a restructuring, do it properly rather than have a, uh, a, a night of a thousand knives, as it were. Um, and I think the, the third point, I've mentioned it a number of times already, is, is manage your stakeholders along the journey. Um, bring them into the tent, make them understand how they can be part of the solution uh, and, and generally take them on the journey with you. Really helpful summary. Thanks both. And thanks everyone for listening. If you'd like to find out more about how we can help your organisation recover from the economic impacts of COVID-19, visit our website at pwc.co.uk forward slash act now to recover. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to keep up to date with all of our latest episodes of this Business in Focus podcast series. Thanks everyone and speak to you next time. Mm -hmm.